The Celtics Talk Podcast is presented by 24autogroup.com, 11 locations across New England. Postgame pod 54 coming at you after the Celtics take down the Brooklyn Nets. 118, 110, and we are all just kind of holding on for dear life as we skid towards the All-Star break, a much-needed All-Star break. And yet, well, you can't really complain. Celtics are just keep stacking up the wins. Here's what we got coming up. Abby goes one-on-one with a shirtless Jason Tatum. So I guess we should just uh, catch you up here. Like he uh, gave his jersey to one of the sons of Ciara and Russell Wilson uh, after the game. And so he did not have a shirt on as he was doing the post-game interview. Uh, We'll take you inside the locker room, give you more sound from him and Drew Holiday. Tatum was the star of the night, 41 points on 14 of 26 shooting, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, plus 21 in 39 minutes, 2 steals and a block as well. Monster first half, goes for 31 points on 10 of 17 over the first uh, 20 minutes of, of gameplay for him. It was just fantastic. Uh, I thought this was a night that he might struggle to score. Mikhail Bridges on the other side. Uh, maybe I should have known that the Brooklyn defense wouldn't be quite as imposing, but you know when you think with him and Ben Simmons, Bridges and, and Ben Simmons, that there would be at least be a a little bit of a chance out there. And no, Tatum gets a couple early leakouts, goes for a monster first quarter, sixteen points, getting MVP chance. I think he blew two kisses in the first half. Um, I think this is a good. We we talked about it a little bit on the last post game pod, but I was I was we've kind of been marveling uh, at that point. I you know I asked. My co-host Tommy Giles the other night, I said, where's Tatum in the MVP balloting? And I, I couldn't believe it when he told me seventh. I knew it was low, but I didn't think it would be like seventh. And then you look at the list and you're like, okay, I get it. You know, there's some good names on there. And Giannis is always in the conversation and Luca, and obviously Jokic is at the top and SGA deserves to be there. And you can make some case for others. Um, and then ESPN did their straw poll. This week, and there's Tatum at six, so not much higher. And, you know, I get it. I do think, and I'll continue to say this because I will try to take a victory lap if it happens, I think you're going to see the surge is coming. And I kept waiting. I'm trying to, I was trying to think, like, how, what what the, the most uh, logical path was for Jason Tatum to make the MVP balloting surge. Because I, I think he's going to finish, I think he's going to finish top Five. I'm not sure that's a big, big stretch. I wanted to be bold and say I think he can get up to top three, and I'll give you the roadmap. So here it is. Big game tonight. Another forty point, fourteen rebound. Like you know, those are those are loud numbers. Good win. We'll see what the Celtics do tomorrow. I have a feeling they're going to ease their guys into the into the break here. But coming out of the break, handful of okay games, but then. March 1st, that's the night Dallas comes to town. No more Grant Williams coming back. No more storyline there. It's just going to be Tatum and Luka on a Friday night at the Garden. So Tatum, who has had a lot of luck in those, in, in I, I shouldn't say luck, I should say Tatum, who has had a lot of big games in that matchup with Luka, if he has a big moment that night and the Celtics are best record in basketball and the Mavericks are still middling in the West, then anybody who's got those two, maybe that's when that flip-flop happens. A week later, Celtics on that big, long West Coast road trip. 
Pinnacles on that Friday night in Denver. Big matchup with Jokic. And so in my little scenario here, Tatum goes out to Denver, keeps this little hot streak going, and all of a sudden it's there's some sort of the, the narrative shifts to he's the best player on the best team. And look at what he's done over the last, you know, at this point, that'll this will be like a 45-day you know, stretch of super high assist numbers. The rebounding has gone up. Yeah, the scoring isn't where it was last year, but it doesn't need to be because the Celtics have so much talent. But even on a night like this, where they don't have Kristaps Porzingis, as Jalen Brown goes through a bit of a shooting slump beyond the three-point arc, there's Tatum just filling up the stat sheet, but especially with the scoring. And I just think you're going to see this acceleration. So I do think it's going to be hard for him to get past that three spot because I think you're going to naturally have Jokic because not only has Jokic been great, but voters feel some bit of remorse because Embiid wins it last year on a year that Jokic probably deserved the award. Like, there's no wrong answer there. And But now you'll see, you know, I I, I suspect he's your the favorite and the the betting odds suggest that as well. We'll see where the Thunder end up. SGA has been awesome. Shea Gilgis Alexander absolutely deserves to be in this conversation, especially the way he he's been great in clutch moments, the way that team is out overperforming, even with all that young talent. And so I think he he's got a good chance. Depending on again where the standings shake out, like if if Oklahoma City all of a sudden takes over the top spot in the West. Then that then that becomes really like a, an interesting conversation about where where he lands. But I think you know let's let's say it's potentially two. I think him and Tatum could potentially be that two three spot. And um, you know it's it's just interesting that 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 Tatum is sort of lingering a few slots below. Um, he's been great, and it just hasn't been the he hasn't had the sixty point night like some guys. Um, the Celtics were supposed to be good. They have so much talent. I get all the things that are sort of conspiring against him not being higher. But when you watch it every night, you just come away with such an appreciation. And I think last, last let's say, 20 days, 25 days, the reads have gone up a level. Like, he's just seen the game so much slower. And he, I mean, he was already operating, obviously, at an all-NBA, top-five MVP level. Uh, but it was a lot of that was the scoring was so good. Now I just think when he sees the double team, he just makes the right play over and over again. I love the rebounding, but I really love the assist. And I think there is just a concerted effort for him to kind of get that number up. If he can get to like, if, he, if he's averaging 29, 10, and 7, you know, it, part of the allure of, of why we love Jokic is and not only because when you watch him, he's just freaking amazing at basketball, but because he averages that triple-doubles range there and so if Tatum gets anywhere near that it just makes it a little bit easier to to muscle him into that conversation but I think the the biggest thing has to be winning and even though the league has sort of set a precedence with the all-stars and with the way we you know in the straw poll certainly suggests that winning isn't the be-all end-all um I do think as we get closer to making the decision on on MVP voting you'll see some people with those ballots start to put a little bit more emphasis on how good the Celtics have been. And when I sit here taping it and they are up six games on Cleveland, when they're up seven and a half on Milwaukee, who lost again to the Miami Heat, and they're up nine 
on the New York Knicks who are filing all their protests trying to, to uh, get that game back against the Rockets. It just shows, like, yeah, it hasn't always been pretty, and Celtics blow a 23-point lead, let it get down to six in this game tonight. And yet, I think 13 out of their last 15 now, if I'm doing my math right, maybe even better, uh, 13 out of the last 16, five in a row, nine of their, 10 of their last 12. I got to, you know, the, put it this way, the wins are stacking up so quick, I just can't even do the math to keep up with how good they've been. But Tatum, it's, it's weird that we have to sit here and lobby for Jason Tatum, but I do think Celtics will be so far ahead of, of at least the Eastern Conference field and maybe the rest of the league if they can keep up these winning ways and 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 survive that daunting March schedule and and really kind of put a stranglehold on uh, the best record in basketball. I will say this too. Uh, I think the playoff probabilities for um, basketball reference had them at 99.7% coming into tonight's game to get the number one seed in the East. So it's going to be very difficult for anyone behind them. Just ask the Cleveland Cavaliers who ripped off, you know, a whole bunch of wins over the last month and a half and have not made up pretty much any ground because the Celtics just keep winning. But enough about Jason Tatum. Let's talk. Well, maybe, I, I I don't know if, if I should say that because there's probably a whole lot more than Jason Tatum coming at you. Here's more from our Jason Tatum postgame show. Eddie, your thoughts on what we saw from JT tonight and see he's able to get that victory. Well, in the first half, I thought his, his balance, his floor game was impeccable. He was rebounding the basketball. He was scoring inside, outside, getting to the free throw line. He was sharing the basketball, but uh, I, I think he set the tone in the first half. And, and that first half pretty much put us over the top. I mean, I don't, I don't think we played particularly well in the third quarter. We turned it over uh, six times, but we took care of the basketball in the first half. JT had a night. And they were able to get this win. So now you just recalibrate and get ready for tomorrow. Yeah, there was a 15-point uh, lead at halftime for the Celtics. They led by as many as 23. You saw Brooklyn tighten things up a little bit there in the fourth quarter. But, again, that's when, you know, your best player comes through. You, Jason Tatum, and that, that's when it was really, you know, him maximizing on the boards as well. Uh, I mean, the 14 rebounds, I think that was just shy of a yep. season high. 41 points, that's the third most he scored this year. He was everywhere on the floor. Yeah, he was super efficient. The 14 rebounds I like. I like when he's engaged, you know, eight more rebounds. That lets me know that he's really locked into the game. But as you're looking at these highlights, he, he did it every way. You got on the post, he went to the basket. He didn't just settle. He took what the defense get, gave him. And then at times he just said, hey, man, I'm better than you. I'm feeling it, and I'm going to go to work. And, and it, it, it worked out for him tonight. I mean, that's pure. It, it totally. I mean, you, you said before the game, too, that – you felt like this could be a game where, where he goes off. Mm. You, you had that feeling in the pregame when we were talking about things. And sure enough, it was, I mean, it was in the first quarter right away. It's 16 points in that first quarter. Right. And, uh, again, it, it's all the ways that he's scoring. Like, he, it, you've seen him post. You've seen him get to the basket. You've seen him go on his mid-range. You've seen him pull up. You see him get out in transition. You see him uh, yanking threes. You see him isoing and then getting to his spot. Pump fake, going to the mid-range, not settling. Another one right there, getting all the way to the basket after catching the post on a mismatch where he could easily just held the ball, been a ball stopper, but he went quick, spun baseline, put the defense in a bad situation. 
He was just clicking on all cylinders. At Brooklyn, uh, they're 11 games below 500. I get that. But, you know, the Celtics need to win this game without Kristaps Porzingis. Keep things going on the road. And you, you kind of wondered who was going to be able to pick up the slack there. You know, Al Horford was big. Drew Holiday uh, again. But you, you kind of needed one of your superstars to step up in this one. And the Celtics obviously were able to get that from uh, Jason Tatum. Meanwhile, Abby is standing by. She has Jason Tatum. So let's send it back down to the Barclays Center. Jason, the Brooklyn Nets would not go away. How did you guys close this game out? Uh, just responding to that run. I say it all the time. NBA players are good. They're going to make shots. Uh, it's just our job to respond, and uh, I think we did a good job of that. In the end, you finished with 41 points, but 31 in the first half in 19 minutes. What keyed that for you? Uh, I got some easy ones. I got out in transition. I got some free throws. I got some kickouts and open threes. Uh, so I was just in a good rhythm. And then in the second half, how were you able to impact the win in other ways? Uh, kind of being a decoy sometimes. I knew you know, I had 31. They were going to guard me differently. So, um, you know, trying to get assists, hockey assists, um, you know, move the ball, try to manipulate the defense. I'm also supposed to ask you what you said to Russell Wilson after you hit that long three in the third. Uh, I, I ain't say nothing to him. I said something to my, my other friend over there, Mr. Morgan. Uh, so, you know, that's a good friend of mine. So I was just talking to him. Now, who, who'd your jersey end up with? So I gave my jersey to Russell Wilson and then Sierra's son. Uh, he said he was a big fan, so I gave it to him. That sounds fair. Finally, you guys have won six straight on the road. What do you like best about the way you're playing? Um, you know, just that we take it one game at a time, right? We, we approach every day as we're trying to get better, regardless of who's out, who we're playing. Uh, you know, 2 o'clock game, 7.30 game. Uh, you know, we try to approach each game the same way. Jason, thank you. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, I think exactly that. Um, I think we uh, kind of got out more in transition. We definitely played off the turnovers more, so maybe our defense was a little bit more on top of it in the first half. Um, and then second half, you know, just trying to execute, get the matchups and the advantages we want. You were kind of able to get into that post off uh, Al. You know, was able to get a couple of looks inside there. You two, obviously a lot of it's going to be Jason, a lot of it's going to be Chris Stubbs in terms of the post up. So how do you guys try to find your spots to get close to the basket in school? It's just a read or a feel, you know. Um, you know that JT, especially JT and JB tonight, um, we're just doing a good job of, of obviously making advantages and having people double them and making passes out of it. So <clears throat> there's times where Cam Thomas is on me and he has five fouls or he tries to switch on the aisle and that's a mismatch for us. So uh, just reading those and being better at them. What sticks out to you about this group um, when the leads start to go away? Sometimes you see teams kind of panic. It seems like for the most part this year, you guys, you know, goes for 20 through six, and you just kind of, all right, steady yourselves and then figure it out before things go fully sideways. Um, I think it's just our character. I think uh, we believe that we're a good team and we can withstand anything. Uh, so even runs, we know that this is a, a game of runs. 20 points means nothing in this league, no matter who you're playing. So uh, we know that this team, with the firepower that they have, is going to throw a punch, but um, I think at the end of the games, it's something we're really trying to be, uh, try to lock into and, and just be able to buck down offensively, buckle down offensively. Along with like Harmar, it felt like tonight I pretended to cut it to six, Derek White hit a three. How clutch is he? I mean, Mr. Reliable, you know? Um, always makes the play if it's offensively, making a three or, or a nice pass defensively, always getting a block or, or a steal. Um, 
just somebody that you can always count on and uh, to, to be in the right place and, and not be afraid to, to take on that challenge of making a big shot like tonight. You mentioned Cam with the five fouls. You had a play late in the game. You kind of had him underneath there, but you kick out. How tough is that decision there? You know, you know he has the five fouls. You were probably trying to get that on him, but in terms of making that read and you know, kicking out to three, what are you kind of thinking in that spot? Just uh, sometimes two is sometimes three is more than two. Um, obviously, I know, especially with Cam, he's not going to foul and, and getting that layup. You can see the um, weak side guy try to come in and help. But um, you know, I think those kickouts, uh, that energy of that ball swinging and, and getting a wide open shot is a, is a good feeling and uh, just shows that you have trust in your teammates. Their coach was talking about that stretch late in the first quarter. Jason did two threes in a row, and then the third one, he got fouled, made another three. Do you guys know, like, when a guy makes two in a row, he's definitely shooting the third time? Is, is he check a real thing, or is uh, oh. I think you've been around long enough to know that that's a real thing. Uh, but, I mean, somebody like JT, I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter if he made those or not. Um, we rely on him to make those, and he's not afraid to shoot them. So, um, but tonight, him taking those shots, Gave us a lot of energy and definitely gave us a boost to um, go out there, lock in defensively, and then get him the ball back. Thanks, Vanessa, again tomorrow night. How difficult is that to be the team twice? Playoff atmosphere, right? Uh, I guess it's not technically a back to back away and home, but. Home uh, home, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I think it's. Um, I have my own thing on back to backs, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I think playing a team um, one after the other is, is a challenge in itself, no matter who you're playing against. Um, obviously, do you change schemes? Do you try to do the same thing? What is the opposing team going to do? There's a lot of factors that go into it. So um, it can be a challenge for sure, and it can be fun. But at the same time, do we really want back-to-backs home and away? What you, what's your thing with back-to-backs? Yeah, I was going to say that, too. I mean, they kind of suck. Well, is it the home and away aspect, or just in general? Uh, home and away for sure, but who really likes back to back? Your uh, slam dunk contest this weekend. How excited are you to see your teammate participate? Nah, I told him if he if he stinks, then I'm I'm a repost it. <laughs> <laughs> how, how embarrassed I'm gonna be? But uh, I'm excited for him. Um, obviously, I know that especially with the dunk contest, uh, especially the big name guys, All Star break is a time to rest and kind of. Uh, regain your mental strength, but I think to go out there and do the dunk contest is is big. And <clears throat> again, a big name like JB, who's super athletic, and you see the dunks he, he does in, in game. Um, I'm excited to see him. I know it's a perfect segue. So I'm just gonna ask: when you talk to a fellow All Stars like yourself, Drew, what's the reason why you know guys just don't want to participate? Typically, is it injury prevention? Is it not enough first? I don't know if they don't want to participate. Um, I think sometimes it it just comes down to like having a good time, you know. And sometimes in having a good time, it's not as competitive as uh, maybe it it can be. But at the same time, it it, it also can. Um, Obviously, All Star is something that everybody wants and and an accolade that everybody kind of wants on on the resume. But you also want to be healthy for the rest of the season and and postseason. One more. We got one more for you. Post game pod fifty five awaits tomorrow night when these same Brooklyn Nets, Ben Simmons will not. He's at least not playing. I don't know if he's going to come up to Boston, but um, that was the report out of Brooklyn after this one uh, that 
the rematch will probably fit have some other personnel going on out there because you, you figure Al Horford played the first night. He will rest. Maybe KP is back out there, but um, also wouldn't be the worst thing if the Celtics decided to just downshift a little bit, maybe toss the keys to some of the role players here, at least put them in elevated roles. You're going to need a little energy with everybody. Um, I like to say that everyone is mentally checked out and physically checked in to whatever vacation they have on Thursday uh, even if that's for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown trekking out to Indianapolis for the All-Star game. I'll be out there with them for a couple of days. Then I'm going to go on my vacation. Uh, but yeah, you got you to gotta find a way to bring some energy. Uh, don't stumble into the, to the last night. Get to the finish line of this thing, even if that means the starters, whoever does go out there, sort of bringing some energy for the, for the first 24 minutes and, and getting you in position to, to ride the bench to the finish line. Like I said, we'll be right back here with you afterwards so go like subscribe check us out on the youtube page we'll catch you tomorrow night on the celtics talk podcast